Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dudes and dudettes, this is Smooth E, your resident smooth jazz DJ, wanting to thank you for listening to today's show. If you like the show and would like to know more about any future updates, then please consider following the official Instagram page at tnapcast. That's T-N-A-A-P-C-A-S-T. Also, if you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, consider leaving a five-star review. And now, I turn it over to your hosts for a brand new installment of Two Nerds Skis in a Podcast. Cue the intro. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. It's time for Two Nerds Skis in a Podcast! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Two Nerdskis and a Podcast podcast. Yeah, we're back. And today we are talking about the third installment of the greatest franchise in all of cinema, Tremors. That wasn't too bad. That's right. Tremors 3, back to perfection. With Michael Gross this time taking the lead role as the one and only Burt Gummer, front and center. And this time, they're going back to perfection. Like the title! I believe that's twice or three times you've mentioned that already. Um, back. By the mm-hmm. way, well <laughs> done on the redemption of uh, <laughs> the introduction, by the way. Stumbled a little bit, but that was pretty good. That was well, pretty good. By the way, did you know they go back to perfection? Ah, so that's four times now you've mentioned that in a minute and six seconds and counting. Well, you know what? The audience, I feel, cannot be deprived of this invaluable information of the fact that they go back to perfection. And that's number five. Okay, we can start a drinking game with this. Uh, Anyone listening, take a shot anytime Jeff says... Back to perfection, or back just the perfection, word perfection. Back to perfection, back to perfection, back to perfection, back to perfection, and they're dead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't sue me. <laughs> oh, man. Do Eric. It was his idea. Uh, I, have, I have audio proof. Mm. Backstabbing son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, well, anyways, that was the end of our episode. Join us. Out of- that was easy. Um, yeah, but yes, we are back to uh, Tremors, uh, our long series. <laughs> Let me try that again. We're going back. We're going back to our series reflection on Tremors as a franchise overall. And uh, yes, we are in Tremors three territory, and um, it's uh, it's an interesting one to say the least. Um, but before we get there, how are you doing, good sir? I'm I'm doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty damn good. Uh, let's see here. I mean, I I just watched Burt Gummer blow up graboids and shriekers and ass blasters. 
So I'm uh, I'm I'm quite fantastic. It's one of those things yeah. that, that just uplifts your spirit. Yeah, well, I uh, I spent the majority of the day. I went to work and then um, at a short day and then after work, I uh, fell asleep. And then, well, no, before that, I had to watch Tremors 3 and then and then I fell the fuck asleep. And now here I am ready and uh, revved up to go to talk about a new installment of the show. Perfect. And just like part two, just and uh, just like in part two, Eric has not seen the sequels. So, and uh, prior to except for Tremors Five, except for yes. Tremors Five, which I have seen, except for Tremors Five, and uh, just like part two as well, we did not communicate our opinions on on this movie whatsoever. So I do not know his thoughts on this at all. Eric, what did you think of Tremors 3? Okay, so here's... Okay, um, I just want to preface this right now. Um, I can kind of see a sliding scale going down. That's not to say there aren't good things in Tremors 3, because I think there are plenty of good things in there, but I'll be honest with you, um, it didn't really pick up for me until maybe halfway through the second act and then um all the way to the third act that's not to say there were good moments uh, leading up to it but i was kind of i mean i paid it <laughs> it was uh i don't know it was kind of another it was kind of a letdown to be honest um that uh so it was it was near perfection i guess or <laughs> close to perfection and that's the worst pun or joke I've done so far today. Oh, don't worry. They'll uh, they'll be more. Uh, <laughs> I will say, though, the way this movie opens up with Burt Gummer and um, a beret, a red that's, beret, that and military is, is art fatigues uh, was great. And then the way he destroys all those shriekers with a giant Gatling gun was pretty fucking awesome. I laughed my ass off the entire time, but I love um, the fact that all throughout that he's he's just like giggling like uh, like an excited child. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah he's he's oh yeah he's in his element like he's full on into it. He's he's just like yeah, let's do this. And I nothing I, okay not not like Macho Man Randy Savage like oh yeah that would have been amazing. Oh my god, <laughs> imagine that's how imagine that's how like Spider Man would have gone out. It's like. Oh yeah, I'm gonna bring you down. Boonsaw. <laughs> that reminds dude, I remember um <laughs> I remember Fourth of July twenty sixteen. Um or was was it Fourth of July twenty sixteen? I just know we were with our friend Reese and we had a whole bunch of us and like all you guys the entire time would be like Bonesaw is ready. <laughs> oh man. That meme will not just die down. What? Like, what are you doing up there? Staying away from you for three minutes? That's funny. Does your mom dress you up like that? I mean, let's be honest. The every frame of that trilogy is a meme. Um. Yes. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's, so it's that's not to say. It. That's not to say that the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy isn't bad. It's one of the greatest superhero trilogies ever made. Oh, um, I, I a love lot of people. I love those movies. A lot so of people. A lot of people will say that um, that Spider-Man three uh, completely sucks ass. Um, but then Amazing Spider-Man came out. 
Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. What I was going to say, though, is that um, you will find two people here in this podcast who will acknowledge the fall to Spider-Man 3, but will be like, nah, dude, we enjoy the fuck out of that movie. Now take on this. In all seriousness, no. Do you? Am I still right? Am I still right to think that you still really enjoy that movie? Well, how about we save that for a future episode? So that's going to be a yes, and uh, yeah, we will talk about the same Spider-Man at some point. Um, but okay, yes, back to perfection. Oh my god, there ha! goes me. <laughs> I literally walked Y'all into that be one. Did shot. I? Um, but anyways. Jeff, um, yes. Yeah, so I was kind of, uh, yeah. So I wasn't, I wasn't like a huge fan of this one. I did. There were definitely moments in there that I really enjoyed, but um, I don't know. I just, for me, I had so much fun watching the first two. I feel like, I feel like once you, t- I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Michael Gross is great, and he carries the prod. He's carried the franchise for like seven movies, but and a TV show. But I don't know. Once you take away both Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward, I feel like that magic's kind of gone for me. Because um, those two, at least, w- at least one of them made that movie, and then, and then went with the first trimmers. They both made that movie, and then Michael Gross really uh, amped it up. But with Michael Gross now just in the front, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I still think he carries it very well, and he. this is his franchise but i don't know i feel like you're really missing the magic between val and earl um but that again that's just me yeah no like i i definitely do agree on that uh because even with uh uh you know because the first movie you have that amazing camaraderie between val and earl and Mm bird was basically just a side character that had an amazing scene with uh with reba mcintyre you you all know what the scene i'm talking about um in the wrong goddamn recruit <laughs> exactly and uh and then even in tremors 2 uh you're able to see uh you're uh you're able to see earl uh take uh, uh take the spotlight uh that time around and it was kind of interesting to to see his perspective on on everything uh kind of see that he uh, uh to see that he had all the success off the events of the first movie and then blew it away. And, and, uh, and that made for a pretty interesting, uh, character, uh, character dynamic. And, but when it comes to the third movie, don't get me wrong. I love Michael gross. He is amazing in this role. And just watching him in this movie, you can tell he's having a blast playing this character, but I do kind of agree that, uh, the magic is a little bit gone and it's not for a lack of trying because oh no for sure they are tr- everyone is trying their asses off like even even like the new character jack who i wasn't like the biggest fan of at least you can tell like there's some charm to him i'm like there are moments i'm like all right you're good in my book but for me uh, I, I again you're missing that magic r- formula of a good buddy relationship and for the first movie, it was Val and Earl. For the second movie, it was Earl and Grady. And now it's Mike. And now it's Bert and the entire town. Um, 
Well, one of the things that I, I really do like about this movie and uh, uh, pretty much all the movies actually is its world building. Uh, I like that, especially in this movie, how they uh, they they drop little uh, uh, they drop little references to uh, to past characters. Uh, you know, like there's a there's a small scene where where they're talking about uh, a book that Rhonda wrote, or there's a there's a passing line of uh, of Earl and Grady actually opening their theme park. Which, by the way, I want to fucking see that. <laughs> Um, continuing before we go any further, uh, continuing on that topic. So what do you think, um, are some of the attractions? I know we briefly talked about it in the, in the last in Tremors too, but, uh, um, I, I really hope for me, at least there is a, uh, being dragged by a graboid and then like just driving up a truck and just, it's a jump. It's like an air ramp. And I'm like, oh, please. That'd be so much fun. Well, now that it's canon, I think that we are entitled to answers established by this twenty-year-old made-for made-for-TV movie. Um, wait, God, this movie's wait, twenty. Was this old. movie made for TV? Um, yeah, all the uh, all the sequels. Well, were, I knew they were all. I know they. I know all the sequels weren't like theatrically theatrically released. I knew at least. Um, I didn't. I know that Tremors Three serves essentially as the pilot for. Uh, the Tremors TV series that aired in what two thousand or two thousand and three? Uh, two thousand three. Yeah, this uh, this came okay. out in uh, late two thousand one, I think. There's another callback that I recall. Um, so to set up this callback, so let the movie open. So after the opening sequence, we return to perfection. Um, back to perfection. About, I did again, did I? <laughs> I'm. I'm there really should be a drinking game out of this. Um, but anyways, uh, what's here's let's here's what's great about the sequel. At least we get to see some of the returning cast members. So you get to have, yes. you get to have, um, Oh shit. Who are the cast members again? Real quick. Save us, Jeff, save us. Uh, so Tony Gennaro, if I'm, if I'm remembering his last name, who played Miguel in the original movie, uh, he comes back. Uh, you have Charlotte Stewart, who uh, uh, played Nancy, and you have Ariana Richards coming back as Mindy, who got hot. <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, real quickly, for those um, who are unaware, yes, that's Lexi from Jurassic Park. Yes, yes, she is. And who, who would have thought that like she'd be a part of like two like major monster? What an interesting! Like, what an interesting childhood. <laughs> right right exactly uh, like first she went which one did she do first was it tremor she did first and then jurassic park yes yeah she went from like she went from like underground giant worms to like run away from raptors and t-rexes that's that's a bold step and especially in budget too and then she went back to tremors three but the way, my point still stands by the way side note i really hope she uh both her uh Lex and Timmy, y'all better come back for, for Joseph, for, 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 Joseph Mazzello. Uh, he's he's little Timmy. He'll always be little Timmy. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. The last time I saw him was in Bohemian Rhapsody. I didn't even realize that was him. But uh, yeah, he plays John Deacon, uh, the basses of Queen in uh, the movie. Um, obviously, that cast is overshadowed by uh, Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury. But that's a discussion for another time. But yeah, yeah. I remember the first time I saw him like, Oh shit! That's a uh, little Timmy. I forgot 
Lex and Timmy better better make an appearance than in the next Jurassic World. If, if you're <laughs> if you're gonna stroke the nostalgia boner even more by bringing back Doctor Grand, Doctor Sattler, I mean for one, I'm totally cool with. But Jurassic World was pretty trash. Uh, it it uh, has not held up well. We'll get to that someday. Fallen Kingdom is a very 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 stupid movie, and if uh, so, my expectations for the third one. Not super high, but you know what? If you're gonna if you're gonna like bring back all these great characters from my childhood, just make it complete, man. Get get Lex and Timmy in there. Get Julianne Moore back. Fuck it. Bring Vince Vaughn back. Whatever. Yeah! Go, go go for it. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll South Park reference in there. We'll, uh, we'll we'll definitely save Jurassic uh, Jurassic Park for another time. Uh, Anyways, God, uh, those are getting, not. We keep getting sidetracked. Uh, well, that's okay, but that's that's expected when the two of us are at least in conversation. But we, there is one other returning cast member, and that's uh, that's uh, what's his name? Yeah, Robert Jane is Melvin Plug. Um, no offense to you, John. No offense to you, <laughs> Robert, but you play a real dick in this movie. I I love that Melvin turned out to be a sleazy l- land. <laughs> land developer like that that's perfect and and just his rivalry with bird just continues into adulthood i well that's that's another that's another element of this movie i really actually enjoyed a lot um was that not only are do we get a not only do we have the graboids and the streakers and the new evolution the ass blasters we'll get into the ass blasters but we actually finally have people as dicks for a change um because for the most part all the human characters have been pretty, you know, likable. They're all like in this together. They're trying to like figure it out. This is the first time where like you actually have humans who are like, nah, um, fuck you. This is what we want to do with the graboids. And you're like, fuck off. We're going to kill them one by one. <laughs> you know, right. stop ruining our fun. Um, there is a, a um, and then Melvin is one of those people. Um, fucking Melvin. I have here in my notes, uh, Melvin is still a dick. Yeah, I've uh, I've here in my notes. Uh, let's see here. Uh, or actually, it's pretty much what I just said. Melvin being a sleazy land developer is just hilarious. It, wouldn't it make sense that like he went from like living in a small town to like make pretty much going from rags to riches? Like he seems like that kind of sleaze ball kind of character. He really does. And uh, while we're on the topic for characters. Uh, what do you think of, uh, of of some of the new characters? So the first character I would like to discuss is um, is uh, Walter Chang's niece, um, Jody. So that's played by Susan Chung, I believe is how you say her name. Yes. Or at least her last name. Um, I thought she was cool. Um, I liked her. <laughs> I liked a, her. She has, some of my, she has some of my favorite lines in this movie or some of my favorite moments. So, <laughs> I'll, I want to save at least one of those mo- moments for later, but I thought she was a, I, she's very much like Walter. Like she's very much in the, she is more business oriented than Walter was. Let me just put it that way. Uh, very much like I'm going to franchise the fuck out of this. Like I'm going to get my own stock into the Graboid uh, brand or whatnot. Like this is my little piece of the fucking pie. If you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, she's, and she's entertaining. Uh, she's she's got a very she's kind of a smart ass kind of to be honest. 
Yeah, and I, um, I like I like that she actually participates in a lot of the action too, and they actually give her a decent amount of scenes to to actually kick some ass. And she uh, and she, and she does uh, she does have a, a quite a few lines that that she delivers very well. Uh, and she, uh, yeah, at, at certain points, like she she's just straight up funny. Like uh, no, I, I agree. I, I mean, um, one of my I mean. One of my favorite moments is, um, okay, so it's the moment I was going to say for later, but uh, so when they're being chased by the graboids in the junkyard, right? And like the way she, the way she like finds herself in like a shipping container, right? And, uh, and she accidentally knocks over some gasoline. She escapes through the window of the, of the tank. The ass blaster stuck inside. She locks it up. And as the ass blaster is about to like ramp up, she's like, yeah and then blows the fuck up he's like yeah i got that, one that, that little smirk she gives that's great <laughs> no my oh, yeah. yeah exactly but yeah she's like oh yeah i'm like fuck yeah i like you <laughs> okay, um, by, and by the way i want every fucking souvenir that's in her store i want those graboid comics i want those <laughs> can coolers i want that little graboid tentacle tongue puppet i want all that shit <laughs> I, I I saw that I saw that a uh, dark horse made the comics, so I kind of wonder. Um, I I wish those were real. I really so, do. But, so okay, well, no, I know that, but did so? I do have a question for you. Then did was there an actual Tremors comic or there there, is, there wasn't? Uh, so I uh, so, I, so dark I imagine. Horse- the Dark Horse just did that for the film. Okay. Yeah, I, I imagine they. I imagine they just approached them and said, "Hey, can we? Uh, can we just do this as a joke? Yeah, go for it." Mm-hmm. And um, and yet, actually, uh, speaking of merchandise, uh, hold on. Is it is it what I think you're going to say? Because I want to say this. I have here in my notes. Even Jody has a graboid arcade cabinet, which we don't get to see any gameplay of. I, I know. <laughs> You dick teased <laughs> us with that arcade cabinet twice. <laughs> how did we say uh, initially how like the gameplay is like what we think are in our minds? Of the oh gameplay. yeah, like I, I mean, I, I just picture like a like a side-scrolling adventure of Val and Earl running through the desert, and then maybe another level you have to pole vault from one rock to another. Oh, so it's kind of so it's kind of like that. Uh, what was that? Oh god, what's that one game? Pit? No, not is it Pitfall? Uh, the Atari I, game. Yeah, it's like yeah, that old Atari game, except like uh it's an eight bit graboid just jumping out <laughs> of the ground and you have to jump over it. So uh so do you remember in the last uh, Tremors uh episode we did and I mentioned that uh, that there was actually a uh, a video game that was ultimately mm-hmm. cancelled? Yeah, yeah, of course. So just looking at uh so I was looking at the IMDB trivia for Tremors three and I learned a few things that I I didn't know. Oh really? Okay, I want to hear this. Let's see here. Um, let's see, so it was going to be a heavy open map sandbox style gameplay, and let's see, it was going to be released in December of two thousand three for PS two, Xbox, GameCube, PC. Um, let's see, but it was shut down in the summer of two thousand three. But the interesting part is uh, little, it, little known, uh, little is known about the game except my. Except actors Michael Gross, Frank Welker, Keith David, and Sean Christian, who played uh, who plays Jack in the movie, right, right. Uh, all completed all, all completed voice acting. Really, and 
I so I had you no had idea. the voice of Goliath in there, and you also had Frank Welker, one of the most accomplished voice actors who have ever worked in this business. Like a part, of, he probably. I mean, knowing Frank Welker, because not only does he have, not only has he voiced like classic characters such as Scooby Doo, um, Megatron, and just a and uh, Fred, and just a whole bunch of characters. He's also done a lot of sound effects, mm-hmm. um, and then to have that with Keith David. That heavy voice, dude. Keith, Keith David's David. awesome. Oh, Keith David is such a fucking like a fu- such a fucking uh, beast of an actor. I mean, Did you ever like, see uh, They Live? Of course. Um, surprisingly, no. Dude, That's go awesome. Watch, that is go, on my list. But go I know watch that, that movie. It's amazing. I know that the fight he has with uh, Roddy Piper is considered one of the best fights in all it's of cinema. Amazing. Um, Doesn't it go yeah, on so- for like ten minutes? Yeah, dude, it's insane. And uh, but the uh, uh, so it's like the more I learn about this game, the more pissed off I get because God, right. I, I would have totally played that. Right. And uh, and so by the uh, so looking at uh, timeline of events, uh, so the series debuted in early two thousand three. If this was going to come out uh, right bef- uh, right in late December, it would have come out just in time for uh. Uh, just in time for the premiere of Tremors 4, which I think came out like very beginning of January. Of, two, uh, of yeah, 2004. Yeah. So Man, that sucks. Damn, I dude. And I mean, and it's it's the fact that we almost had a Tremors game and have Michael Gross do. Uh, so that that kind of blows my mind in a way because, you know, it's, it's like there's, uh, you know, there's possible gameplay footage and now confirmed uh you know voice work of michael gross as Bert gummer that has never been released so mm-hmm. that always makes me really curious what like what that game would have been like I, I i hope someday someone leaks some test footage or something would be great i mean i know there are some still footage out there there's some still footage out there at least of some of the 3d models yeah, um, there's a there's that Bergummer 3D model, which yeah, which, and he looks way more muscular than Michael Gross ever was, which I'm totally fine with. Oh, I know you are. I'm not totally surprised <laughs> at that at all. Of course, go with that mustache. Be- Hell yeah. <laughs> Side note: I mentioned uh, in the la- in the Tremors two episode um, or installment um, uh, that I had started playing Man Eater or had downloaded Man Eater, which was like that Josh Unleash kind of like um remake if you will except like you could mutate the bull shark so it's a bull shark who swims in both fresh water and salt water um because you eat you fight alligators and barracudas and uh sperm whales and orcas and shit and uh, and great whites as well as like hunters and i have to say that's one of the bloodiest fun times i've had and you're and the game is like so uh, the way the game is structured, like it's uh, man eater is supposed to be like this uh, discovery channel esque um, shark show. And it's narrated by Chris Parnell, who um, is, as everyone knows, is a, is one of the cast members of SNL uh, for a time. And um, he's also the voice. Oh, oh God, what the, he's a uh, Cyril Figgis in Archer. If anyone is wondering where you've heard this voice, but he offers some really uh, entertaining uh, narration in the game. So yeah, if anyone wants to play Man Eater, you just want to go around just eating, eating like people and uh, fighting uh, orcas and alligators. This is your game. Like it's a ton of fun. 
Dude, imagine imagine a, a new Tremors game with that exact style of gameplay. Like you just play as a graboid and and you, <laughs> do you it, get to mutate into a shrieker and then that would be cool and then restart awesome. the cycle and then and restart then, the cycle all over again and you have to uh, and you get to go into like some nearby surrounding towns and mm-hmm. just wreck havoc. That'd be oh my god! I want that game. Someone We're getting a little bit game. ahead of ourselves there with the uh, ass blasters, but so before so let's go back to the characters. So um, so. Apparently, so the premise here is that it's been 11 years since the events of the first film. So they've all kind of, so everyone here has kind of just been like, um, it's like, just kind yeah, of taking it easy. Jody's, Jody's running her uncle's shop. You have a guy named Jack running a Graboid. What is it? Crazy. Is it Crazy Jacks or Graboid it's a, Jacks? A, it's a Desert Jacks Graboid adventure. <laughs> and I, I love, I absolutely love the fact that he's uh he's just he's scamming gullible tourists and that he's uh he just hired some some dude to to like to blow smoke and to like pull <laughs> levers to to do like a little homage to uh to like to to the fence poles knocking over from the first movie like yeah like that that's a really funny introduction i um i so let's talk about jack for a bit um so so he, I, I think I may have mentioned earlier that he was kind of a hit and miss for me. Um, it's kind of like mixed to positive for me, but uh, that's not to say that Jack isn't a bad character. He just, for me, I was like, nah, whatever. I don't really give a shit, to be honest. Yeah, um, I mean, it, I think it was mostly the dialogue, but I think uh, I think Sean Christian does a, does a very good job at selling the character. He's and, a uh, hippie. And uh, I think the... Uh, uh, I mean, it's it's the uh, one of the funniest parts of Bert's character as a whole is just how irritated he look he looks when people get on his nerve, uh, like that. <laughs> uh, that uh, the scene that sticks out to me is uh, is the first time uh, Jack meets Bert, and Bert doesn't doesn't say anything. He just gets up in his face, and then a couple of annoying tourists, yeah, a couple of annoying tourists come in. And is like, oh, come on, thank just stand you next so to him. much, Mister Goober. <laughs> And I remember no, take a picture remember, of me with the tremor. <laughs> it's like okay, that that was funny. I know. Come on, no. What okay? What I love about that moment is how like monotone that kid's like. Come on, mom, take a picture of the tremor. They're called graboids. Oh, graboids! And actually, uh, so actually, so, uh, the 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 actress who played uh, the mother in that scene is Michael Gross's real sister. Oh, really? <laughs> is that so? I did not know that. Yeah, um, and uh, and let's see here. Uh, so one of the things that I wanted to bring up is because uh, overall, uh, it's probably a nostalgia bias because from uh, from what I remember, I think I rented this particular movie from the video store more often. Oh, uh, did you I, really? I yeah i I think uh, I think just because I enjoyed. Uh, Bert's moments in uh, in this movie so much, and uh, this is really the movie that made me like Bert so much as a character. And mm-hmm. uh, and God, I, I for one, <laughs> I love the scene where he gets eaten, and then Jack has to uh, has to like drive to Bert's place so that uh, so the, the graboid can smash its head into the into the underground cement pavement. Then he just grabs a chainsaw, <laughs> and guts it, and Bert pulls Bert right out. 
That shit I, I, I was great. I was gonna bring that up later because I because I, I just remembered uh, <laughs> I have in my notes here is like even swallowed whole bird is still a survivor exactly and just uh, and just, and just uh, like I just remember is like um we shall never talk about this yeah like this didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> this did not happen and then he slowly puts on his shades let's see so uh. So I think the biggest problem with this movie is the pacing. And that was one of the strongest elements of the first two movies. Uh, Cause I, I think tremors uh, is one of the best paced movies ever made. It uh, it does. It gets straight to the point right at the half hour mark. All the monsters are intro- The monsters are introduced. And, but leading up to that, you get, uh, you get to know the town, the characters, the uh, the situation is clearly established. It's it, it's perfect. Like there there's never a dull moment, and mm. for the most part, uh, Tremors two carry uh, carry that on pretty well. Uh, you know you you see where Earl is in life. Uh, you, you get to see what uh, you know you, you get to see him like have a little bit of fun blowing them up. But then things start to turn. Bert Bert gets brought in, and then it's uh, it, it's almost like a, another mystery, like uh, uh, kind of like. Uh, discovering how these creatures operated in the first movie and the second one kind of turns it on its head. This movie doesn't do that uh, too often. And I feel like but we the, do get to learn. We do get to learn um, how graboids are kind of born. Kind you, of. You do. But, uh, uh, but like what I was saying about pacing, uh, the ass blasters are not introduced until right uh, till an hour into the movie. And I mean, it, leading up to that, like you, you, uh, you definitely have, uh, have a few, uh, a few fun moments, but, uh, but I think the, all the scenes with the government agents, you could have cut that out of the movie entirely. And they didn't uh, really need to be in this movie. Did they, they yeah. were kind of just, they're kind of just there to show that, uh, Oh yeah. Incompetency in humans. Um, well, well, I have, actually, uh, uh, actually, before I forget, uh, I think the only the only f- uh, fun thing about about those government agents is uh, the lead agent is actually the same actor who was one of the uh, one of the uh, one of the road workers that got eaten in the first Tremors. Oh, really? Same I did actor. Not yeah. Know this. Yeah, huh. I think it's the, I think it was the dude with the mustache that uh, they got they got pulled and uh, got dragged up the hill and eaten. All I know is that like he has one of my. So his his comment to Bert or his question to Bert leads to one of my favorite moment favorite lines from Bert in this movie. So it's like, what do you want us to do? You guys, what you do best? Find something simple and complicated. I made a note of that, too. I'm like, that is the truest line ever. I saw that. I remember I so I, 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 I there's a YouTube. I forget which YouTube channel it is I follow, but like like they'll it's one of those like youtube channels that reviews movies and um very much follows kind of the nostalgic critic kind of uh, method where you cut to use like clips from movies or television as part of a joke or whatnot and this is where i first saw that scene (laughs) so like what do you want us to do you guys do what you do best find something simple and complicated let's see uh uh i also want to talk about uh my second biggest issue with the film and is it what I think it is? Is it because of the fact that the, Studio ADI is not involved this time? Yes. And there is an over-reliance on CGI. And 
when it first came out, it was fine, but you tack on 20 years and it, it looks bad. And, uh, and the grab boys, uh, when they're in full, uh, when they try to do CGI close-ups or, uh, or like from, from behind it, it looks like a penis. It straight <laughs> up looks like a penis. <laughs> I did not think of that this entire time. Oh man! Because because at least in the first in the first movie, uh, I think there was a there was uh, a well. You have to remember well, there was well, a far well, well in in the first movie. I think they had to do a slight a slight redesign because it was looking a lot like a penis. I and, did. I do remember vaguely remembering like hearing this. Yeah, and uh, and so in this one, I guess they were just thinking, let's go back to our phallic roots. Oh my god! <laughs> and, uh, uh. and if, if if they were just doing a few far away shots uh, and had to input CGI, that that's fine because uh, I know that uh, I, I think this film was only shot in twenty days, uh, so it was a very rushed, uh, very rushed production. But the fact that they keep trying to do all these all these CGI close ups and it it just it it doesn't hold up and. See, here's uh, the beauty. Here's the beauty of Tremors and Tremors 2. Low budget films that or or at least good sized budget films that really utilize the fuck out of that out of those budgets. They were able to create some of the best like practical effects I had ever seen in anything, especially the first Tremors movie. Second movie, yes, they did use CGI, but there was far more reliance on practicals, especially when it came to the shriekers, because I remember when the shriekers like sense infrared sensors come up and I see the fucking disgusting brains. I'm like, oh, God, it's gross. And well, then when not. they and then when they give birth to like another another oh, yeah, like, they shrieker, just puke that little fucker out. they just peek out another peek. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, that's disgustingly good. Well, uh, well I then, think uh, well, in uh, in defense of uh, because I know we uh, we criticized the uh, the CGI in Tremors two, but mm-hmm. in uh, in defense of that, they only used it when it was absolutely needed. Uh, because if you have you know, there's uh, there's that yes, one scene I would when, agree with that, when, yeah. when they're jumping on top of each other, or mm-hmm. when they're when they're running, or uh, if they if they're trying to get a certain wide shot of right. uh, and showing multiple shriekers and. You know, like if well, you, you can't do that without getting rid of the uh, rid of all the puppeteers. So, uh, so at least in Tremors two, they only even though the CGI isn't good, it it looked like they used it as a last resort. It was because, a little bit more competent, is what you're saying. Yeah, like like uh, it uh, uh, it was basically like I just said, it was only used as a last resort uh, mm. for 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 shots that could not be done practically, which. I think it's the best way to utilize CGI, but Tremors three just relies way too much on it. Like a majority, yeah. a majority of those shots of those CG shots could have easily been used. And, and like I said earlier, it had a very rushed production, uh, only 20 days. And if you look closely and I, I only, I spotted this just because I've seen the first movie so many times, they recycle some footage from the first movie. They did, didn't they? Yeah, I do. I think so. It's when that. So when um, when Bert is about to get swallowed up, it's a shot of 
It's a shot of a graboid from the first movie. Am I right? Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, yeah, the the scene was taken from uh, uh, towards the end where um, uh, where the uh, the the bomb gets tossed on the stack of other bombs. Val and Earl and Rhonda are like 50 feet away from the rock and they try to run back and then graboid bursts bursts out of the ground. And uh, and so they they took that shot and reused it for uh, for when Bert's about to get eaten. And uh, and then there's there's more subtle ones uh, kind of blinking and, and you'll miss them. Uh, they reuse the uh, the dirt uh, moving POV shot from under the ground. They they reuse that quite a few times. Uh, they reuse a couple of uh, when they get when they get on the rocks. They reuse the uh, the graboid moving uh, moving through the dirt. Uh, they reuse a couple of those shots. So I mean, it's not as blatant as something like Godzilla's Revenge, for example, where they'll where pretty much all the monster scenes in that movie are just recycled from other Godzilla movies. Uh, you so, could say that about any Gamera movie too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, exactly. So there's, if you're going to reuse shots, uh, whether just due to no time or limited budget, then just be quick with it. Uh, but if, if you're really paying attention, then it's one of those things that you, you can't unsee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really think that the budget is one of the reasons why this movie was more of a step down for me. Actually, the budget I, I think, really shows. I think Tremors 2 had a smaller budget. Yes, but they knew how to use that budget effectively. Yes, yeah, yes, they did. And I don't know if Here, that's... it is blatantly like clear that a, a quality has gone down a bit. Um for example, um, they didn't. So they didn't go back to the original location for perfection. They went somewhere in California. Well, the first. Well, they went to a different location in California because the movie was originally the first one was shot in California, right? Uh, yeah, first film was uh, shot in Lone Pine, California. That did not look like Lone Pine, California in this picture. It uh, it didn't. Um, I mean, it's it did its job. Um, I, I think location wise, they they did fine, but. Um, but you and me, we know the difference. Exactly. Yeah. It it it's the little things that add up. You lying sons of bitches. Uh, so, one so, out of ten. No, I'm good. <laughs> uh, so, so what did you think of the ass blasters? Uh, All right. So the ass blasters. Um, who would have thought that the way that they get that they fly is if is that they build up some gas some like inner gasoline or nitrogen or whatnot up in their ass and they explode so flying into the air that is a trans <laughs> tr- translation uh they fart <laughs> they fart fiery gas and that's how they propel themselves into the air which is great um i will say so uh we did talk about cgi but there are some pretty good practical effects in here yeah uh when when they do use practical effects, uh, it's it's pretty well done. Um, I think the the graboid practical is a little off. Uh, I mean, it, when uh, when it's uh, when birds getting swallowed, it looked it looks very good right there. Uh, but when uh, uh, when Jack's uh, Jack's assistant gets uh, gets swallowed up, uh, or actually, before I forget, one scene that I I made a note of this and everything. Uh, you remember that scene where uh, was his name Buford? I think was his name. Uh, so he's uh, he he rolls into town and Mindy's like doing laundry or something, 
and uh he pulls up he's probably like 20 feet away from her he pulls out his binoculars and starts staring at her ass <laughs> it's like dude can i you might not, have can you not i'll see? be honest i'm i probably zoned out for a moment there so i don't really recall that moment i'm sorry <laughs> It was, I, I don't know why, I laughed my ass off when I saw it, because I'm like, what, what is your logic behind this? Then again, I mean, then again, I mean, like, puberty did pretty well for Ariana Richards, um, so I will give her that much. Um, <laughs> can I just, so, um, so, I mean, Mindy wasn't much of a character in the first movie. Um, here, she's a bitch, but when she's a, but when she's not a bitch, she actually... Like she's actually not too not too shabby or whatnot. Um, yeah, at least like, that's like, the impression yeah, I got. Yeah, they're they're trying to portray as the angsty teenager. I mean, probably not full on angst, but uh, but definitely trying to portray the rebellious teenager. Type. She does not look like a teenager. She looks like someone in her like mid twenties tops, which she probably was. <laughs> probably was. Um, well, here's what I did like. I um. I love how, like, so when the Graboids f- first return, she immediately recognizes what's going on. She's like, don't make a sound. Yeah. Like, she, uh, she, instead of like freaking the fuck out and like having PTSD, she's like, okay, this is what you do. Don't make a sound. Stay where you are. She immediately like knows what to do. She makes noise. She like throws some, she has like, uh, Jack throw like his keys and they, and she tells it, she tells him like, get to a rock, get to the rock, get to the rock, get to the rock. And then like, she, like the, she's like, she has, even though she's kind of a stuck up bitch or whatnot, she at least knows what the hell she's doing. Like she is, her experience like has made her a little, has made her a little better as a result. Oh, yeah. Just and the I, way how she handles the grab wide. I, I do like that, uh, that with, uh, uh, w- with every returning character, they all get something to do. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean it, it's not like uh, like one of the great reunions of movie history. You know, it's one of those things. It's one of those uh, one of those uh, kind of kind of things where you're you're just kind of thinking, "It's cool to see you again. I'm glad you're here." One of my favorite lines is uh, when the ass blaster attacks uh, Nancy and Mindy, and like they lock them, and so like. I like how like Mindy like heats up a ham and then uh, throws it at the ass blaster. Like, she heated it up in like 15 seconds. I'm pretty sure. I know that's not how it works, <laughs> but that's besides the point. But like she throws it, she throws it away towards the ass blaster. And then like she and her mom hide in the, um, in the ice, in the ice uh, closet. Uh-huh. But I remember she's like, I'm not stupid, mom. She's like, she's like, Mindy, I never thought you were dumb. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's like, sure. Charlotte Stewart is, is just she. She's a lovely lady. Wasn't she in something? Else? Wasn't she like something else um, before this movie? I mean, before Tremors. Oh, that's right. She was. Um, you've never you've never seen Eraserhead, have you? I have not seen Eraserhead. So that's like one. Of, so that's like one of David Lynch's like most well-known movies. It's like amongst his first films, like. She was in that. She, I think she was in Eraserhead, um, and I barely remember watching Eraserhead because I, because all I remember was that weird baby-looking creature or whatnot. Oh, fuck, Eraserhead's a weird movie, folks. Um, but that's David Lynch for you. And I've seen 
at least a couple episodes of the first season of Twin Peaks. So just be prepared with David Lynch. Um, that's all I'm going to say on that matter. Anyways, back to the topic at hand. Um, <clears throat> so back to the ass blasters. What I here's what I like. We get to explore, like as I mentioned earlier, we get to explore more of how graboids come to be. So it seems like ass blasters are kind of first-ish. They're also the last stage. So What came first, the Graboid or the egg? That's a good question, isn't it? <laughs> it's, the, it's the ever long question. But essentially, an ass blaster searches for a nearby town or whatnot. Um, when they eat food, they get tired. And maybe that's when they like develop the eggs and they lay their eggs. And then those eggs become the Graboids. And then when the Graboids, you know, start to become shriekers they molt um and then as fred ward says like well whatever it was sure wasn't a butterfly that came out of there um and then <laughs> and then uh and then it looks like another evolution takes place because a shrieker will shed their skin if you will and like they become elongated they look more like one weird giant longer chicken with like weird uh, flapping wings and um and as we said earlier it farts fiery gas to fly um i'm sure that's not technically what they're supposed to be called but um but i just love how jody's the one who comes up with it how about ass blasters yeah i'm gonna go with ass blasters that's a great moment <laughs> and seeing i i will say uh i love uh i love the scene where uh where they they finally get to bird's house and as soon as uh, uh, you know, uh, Bird says, "Oh, my my house is completely graboid proof." <laughs> and then, and then uh, Jody asks, "Before like, before is- you go there, before you go there, like remember how like uh, Nancy tells him like we fed it and it fell to sleep." He's like, "You mean we left oh, the universe and its irony alone?" He's like, he just looks so defeated because like he all he could what he should have done to defeat. <laughs> the ass blaster was just feeded to sleep instead he had to abandon his arsenal and it's about to blow the fuck up and as i think you were probably just gonna say jeff he's like and it should reach the stockpile and the fire and the ammo in right about now boom and there it goes i'm a masterpiece of self-destruction <laughs> <laughs> michael gross reminds is me what, it reminds me wonderful in this movie <laughs> It reminds me of the it definitely reminds me of the ending of Tremors 2 where he's just going like how much C4 did you le- how much C4 did you just leave in there it's going to be like, big big gonna be big go 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 <laughs> it reminds me of that moment and then like I just and then he's just so I love how it I feel so bad for Bert when he's just so defeated and he's like that look, yeah, that look in his face, like yeah, the moment Nancy says, "Just give it all your food and it'll go into a coma," and he just like, "Fuck!" Why did you you tell me like five minutes ago? That's so great. I Um, I love, uh, I love how uh, uh, so so not only does Bert have the emergency uh, emergency shelter, mm -hmm. and uh, and I love how he delivers. uh, I think Jack asked, like, how long can we stay in here? Uh, six, seven years, depending on your <laughs> di- dietary <laughs> discipline. And so, so so not only that, but he also not only has an emergency bunker, he also has an emergency tunnel slide. I know, which is awesome. <laughs> well, which, by the way, that thing looks fun. I would I would totally go down that thing. By the way, so speaking, speaking of what so earlier, 
So when, um, so when, um, Bert, before Bert first encounters El uh, Blanco, like he, he's going to grab some, one of his firearms and, um, and I love the gun that he picks. It's the fucking one shot rifle. Like, and I just remember going like, fuck yeah, it's the big one. It's the big, (laughs) it's the big caliber gun that he's pulling out. I'm like, oh, he's going to blow the fuck out of this thing. Isn't he? He doesn't, but still I'm like, fuck yeah, that gun's back. Just, uh, just, just wait for the series. Uh, please tell me it's in the series. <laughs> That's all I want to know. Um, by Let's the see. way, there is, there is one moment I want to mention real quick. Um, so at one point they're trapped on the rocks and they stay overnight. Kind of like how in the first Tremors movie, Rhonda, Val and Earl are stuck on the rocks and they get, they need to get to the radio. So, um, once they are able to get a hold of the radio, basically he tells, um, he, he like basically he tells Mindy to like uh, create a distraction. And uh, so Nancy, like, no, Mindy, what she does is she like gets her like CD player. You remember CD players, folks, by the way, those portable CD players. I used to have one wink, wink. I did, too. <laughs> and it was uh, the most inconvenient device. You know, was my uh, do you know those things kind of sucked because like it kind of sucked carrying those things and walking them everywhere because those things would fucking skip. Well, do well. The, those things would just fuck up your CDs even faster. I know, I know. Um, I, I do you know? It was my. Do you know? It was the CD I played the most on my uh, CD player back in the day. What? It was uh, Backstreet Boys. Malone I album. knew it. I knew it. <laughs> why are you not surprised? It's either going to be In Sync or Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I didn't have any NSYNC albums back in the day. By the way, folks, I am a, uh, I, I was born in 93. And even though I was six years old by the time the 2000s rolled around, I remembered a lot of things from the 90s, surprisingly. And um, I remember growing up with Backstreet and NSYNC. And um, I don't care what anyone says. I love both those bands. I will listen to them to the day I die. Um, but Backstreet if I had to choose. Back, all right. If I had to choose which band I love the most, uh, it'd probably be Backstreet. I'm not going to lie. So, yes, Jeff's is Jeff's right on on that. And uh, let's see. So getting back to the movie. <laughs> so what? So what I was going to say, so she so like Mindy tapes up the CD player and then like she like puts it up to the radio and Nancy's like, what are you doing? And uh, I have here Mindy says, Bert's phoned in a request. That he did, and, and that's uh, and that's one of that's one of those lines that makes that makes me chuckle up quite a bit because I'm like, ah, there is that good old classic Tremors humor, all right? Exactly, and uh, and even though like the uh, the pacing is pretty off on mm-hmm. uh, throughout this movie, I I would say that it still for the most part succeeds in in uh, maintaining the humor. Uh, it's it's not as sharp as the first two movies, but there's at least uh, there's just enough uh, enough mm-hmm. in there because uh, uh, part of the uh, some of the funniest parts of uh, of all the Tremors movies are uh, are the are the uh, sarcastic humor and, and the one liners kind of yeah the the one liners and Bert being Bert and <laughs> I mean I remember I remember when they're like 
when they're about to go down the tunnel, I just remember Jody goes like, Bert, I like you. And Bert's like, you should now get down the tunnel. <laughs> Retreat, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and then like, so so when they're hiding from the ass blaster, they cover, they use a, you know, the air mattress to get across the valley or whatnot. And Which is actually pretty up, smart. It is. It is. And then as they're naming the, as they come up the name ass blasters, was it, Bert that says it he goes like ass blasters sounds like a porno film that was Jack oh it was Jack <laughs> why do I think it was Bert to be fair the voices kind of sounded a little similar in that kind of monotone moment at the time but um but I thought that was pretty funny and then when they and then the way they escape to the junkyard is just to they go what I call boat hill surfing I don't know why there's a boat especially because this place is all desert, but fuck it. <laughs> I can roll with it. Roll with and, it. Was that roll Bert's boat or <laughs> Bert? Why do you have a boat? I mean, it's Bert. You know, he's prepared for everything. He is the ultimate survivalist, like, if, after all. If it resorts to worldwide flooding, <laughs> hey, Bert has his boat. It's all good. Um. So, and and, uh, and by the way, I think uh, I, I do really like the uh, the junkyard setting for i was about to get into that actually yeah I, let's talk about that uh, yeah so uh so the um uh so the climax of the movie they're they're surrounded by ass blasters and uh, just like the streakers you know they they follow by heat so mm-hmm. nowhere they can really run so you have that make... moment with you have that moment with jody where she traps the ass blaster in the shipping container she goes oh yeah Boom! I love well, that scene so much. Well, and um, uh, and so the uh, so they they don't have any guns, they no ammo, nothing. So what they have to end up doing is basically uh, uh, scavenge the yard and mm-hmm. try to find different bits and pieces to make a like a flaming arrow gun, basically. Which and uh, and so that little sequence where it's just like a little cat and mouse game where they're trying to. Uh, trying to make sure they're not detected by the ass blasters. It, it, it's a fun little scene, and I think it uh, it definitely takes advantage of of its location. And mm-hmm. I definitely uh, and I also like the uh, uh, kind of tying back to to what I was saying that I, I like the little uh, uh, the, the little nods refer- to the first film, the the little references to characters from the first film. Uh, the uh, uh, Bert uh, Bert gets a little thing of liquor. Which uh, which was hidden in Nestor's uh, old trailer, and and I think that's kind of what I like about these early movies uh, more than uh, more than the recent ones is that uh, you know all these movies were uh, were written from the ground up by uh, by the same people, and I just like when little moments like that occur, it's uh, it kind of just tells me that they uh, that. Uh, the people at Stampede Entertainment really cared about the world that they were building, and whenever they could attribute uh, past characters or events to kind of keep things, uh, kind of keep a continuity moving forward, even if it's not always shown. Like they're they're always acknowledging uh, acknowledging these past characters. So just little touches like that, like I, I've always appreciated. I had to think about that for a second. Is Nestor the one who unfortunately? Gets on a tire and then he's yes, dragged down. Yes, that's him. Yep, that's what I figured. Um, I have here in my... So the way they kill the ass blasters, at least the last three is... Um, or the last two is that they create essentially 
a giant flaming potato gun, kind of. It's a potato gun. It's a potato gun. And then then after they build it, it's like, well, uh, Bert, where's your lighter? He's like, how do you know I have a lighter? Well, you're Bert Gummer. You're Bert. Damn right I am. (laughs) He pulls it out. Again, (laughs) I just pulls it out and it's so great. Michael Gross is so goddamn good in this movie. (laughs) I do have here in my notes, though, real quickly, as they're building the potato gun, they just go, Bert MacGyver Gummer. That's amazing. Because <laughs> he's so, I mean, think about it. He's a survivalist. Of course he's going to find ways to, to, like, come up with some stuff on the spot, especially tools like this. Um, so the way they kill the final ass blaster is um, pretty ingenious, actually. So before we actually get there, do you want to talk about El Blanco for a second? Sure. So El Blanco is essentially going to be the future grab boy that's featured in the tv show that comes out three years after this movie um in 2004 or no 2000 no is it 2000 no 2003 is when the tv show came out so yeah tremors four came out in uh, 2004 so uh el blanco unfortunately is an entirely cgi grab boy he's like one of my major issues and it's just so apparent um which there's a which, there's, there's, there's a couple practical shots but definitely not enough no i i agree but I do, I do like that. There's a rare, there's a rare um, graboid out there that's completely albino. Um, gives it a very, he gives it a very unique uh, characteristic to it. Um, so this, so the entire time that they're looking for the other graboids and ass and shriekers and ass blasters, they've been chased around by this giant, um, by this giant albino graboid. And at the junkyard, they finally figure out how the Graboid has been tracking him for so long. It's because Bert, from his uh, excursion at the very beginning of the movie, got a very nice watch that apparently runs on ultrasonic sounds. Um, And that is what draws El Blanco to come after him this entire time. So how it works is uh, at one point, Bert, uh, so El Blanco tilts the trailer they're in, Causes Bert to be trapped in an air ma- in a mattress with springs and stuff, so he can't get out. He's stuck, and so um, unfortunately, there's another. There's one final ass blaster they have to take care of. Um, they have, and also, of course, there's El Blanco out there. So they figured, do you want to take over for this? Because I think something tells me you want to like handle this. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, uh, going back to uh, El Blanco real quick. Uh, I think. Uh, the way that they set up the uh, the TV series is pretty interesting because they they say uh, uh, right off the bat that you know hey he is not going to uh, he, he's not going to evolve uh, so he, he's basically sterile and um, and so uh, that'll be relevant a little bit later but uh, uh, so during the climax after Bird is is stuck uh, you know Jack takes the watch he's running around uh, trying to uh, trying to give Jody enough time to get bird free and once that final ass blaster shows up uh jack has to try to run back while el blanco is hot on his trail so jack has to just get one lucky throw in there uh takes the tape off off his pants that mindy stuck on there earlier which uh which i think is uh which it kind of reminds me of uh of those smaller moments in uh in the first movie where it's uh it's like a little passing moment that uh, that has a has a small subtle setup, but it pays off later. Uh, I think the one of the prime examples 
uh, from the first movie is uh, is, is Walter Walter Chang's uh, malfunctioning freezer that, uh, that that keeps making a lot of noise when it when it starts to crap out. And, I didn't and, think about that honestly. And uh, and later on, when uh, when it starts malfunctioning again, that's what actually leads to Walter's death. And uh, and so this time around, Mindy just has a passing comment of uh, uh, I think she was supposed to fix Jack's pants, and she just says, "Um, mom, it's a total statement. People like Jack and I know that." And <laughs> and so, uh, so Jack rips rips the tape off, and uh, you know wraps her washer around on it, throws it at the ass blaster, and that leads the ass blaster right to, uh, or that leads the graboid right to eating the ass blaster. So, so I think the uh, so even though it's a it's a flawed script, I think it definitely it has smaller moments like that where it um, it definitely retains some of the stronger elements of the first movie. Hmm. Yeah, it, 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 but for but for sure, um, I didn't. I'll be honest. I never. I didn't really pick up on that. That's. Uh, I just thought that was just a smart way of to get rid of uh, the ass blaster. Was get all good old El Blanco to um, take care of it. So, anyways, how this movie ends is uh, so everything's back to normal. The ass blaster that Mindy and Nancy is now on display and is stuck in a cage <laughs> and they're monetizing the fuck out of it, which is great. Um, and they sell it, they sell it to, to Siegfried and Roy. Yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> um, they get uh, it looks like Jack and Jody are uh, interested in each other, which disappoints Mindy because Mindy's like, ah, of course, he's in. Okay, of course, it's older men. By the way, that uh, uh, the way uh, the way Jack delivers uh, or like uh, his little uh, his little flirt towards Jody because they uh, earlier they had a scene on the rocks where they're talking about clouds and mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he's trying to come on to her a little bit, but she's not having it. And then later when, uh, you know, he Jack's all like, oh, uh, got nice clouds up, up out here. Oh, I can see the clouds from here. Yeah, but these these are the good ones. You <laughs> you sly motherfucker. <laughs> and then and it worked. Yeah, it does. Because she cause she's like, hey, it's OK if I tag along. He's like, Yeah, come on in. Come on. And they just they ride in his little like tourist truck and whatnot. And then how here's how I so. <laughs> this is a callback to the second film. So the way they track the, the way they attract the graboids is like they get <laughs> remote controlled RC cars, <laughs> just like or, or remote RC trucks, and just like drive around and and that's how they attract the graboid. Um, so Bert is out there um, on an on a rock, and he's got an RC car just driving around. Melvin comes up and he's like, "So you can because Melvin this entire time." the skeeving douchebag he is, is trying to develop land. But um, the government has declared that um, since the Graboids are an are an endangered species, uh, they cannot, they can't hunt for them and they can't um, kill them or whatnot. And they can't build land on them. So because El Blanco's there, perfection's safe and fucking Melvin's pissed. <laughs> but what I love is that he get, what I love is that fucking Bert's the one who has the last laugh. He just like, he just, he gets El Blanco to show up and he gets Melvin stuck on the rock and it just laughs the fuck off, laughs the fuck away, driving away. And, and Melvin's, Melvin's like, Melvin's- you son of a bitch. You deranged right wing. I hate you. <laughs> 
you know what? That's a good. That's a great way to end a movie for sure. Um, because Melvin's such a fucking dick. No offense to you, dude. Uh, by the way, did we mention? Did didn't you tell me that uh, Robert Jane like has a bar? Yes, Robert. Uh, from from what I've heard, yeah, Robert Jane owns a owns a bar. Uh, I think it's a sports bar. So one day, if uh, assuming shit goes back to normal, I want to go to that bar. And if he's there, I just want to I just want to look him right in the eye and say, Melvin. Melvin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's beautiful. Oh, yeah. And by the way, uh, like I'm only reading this up because I have no idea when this would ever come up again. Uh, do you know about the uh, the Land of the Lost series from the 90s? Um, I think I do. Do, uh, so, so did they go like land of the lost land of the lost yeah there were uh, uh so there was a one from the 70s and one uh i think that lasted for three seasons. yeah i definitely remember one from like the 90s um because i remember i think there were toys made for it there and, were um and i know that i know that the the sun had a really big attraction on the jungle on the cave girl yes yeah yes okay he did. that's the one all right and so there's uh <laughs> I'll, uh, so there's an episode where uh, a time portal opens up and out comes a knight from uh, from King Arthur. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and that knight is played by Robert Jane. No way. <laughs> and he's putting on this super cheesy British accent. Oh. And I, because uh, I, I grew up with this show, but I uh. never knew it was him. And the moment, <laughs> the moment... Cause I, I uh, like when lockdown was first going on, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to binge old TV shows from my youth. So I got to land of the lost when I got to that episode and he showed up. I laughed my fucking ass off. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to send you that episode, by the way. I want to see watching. Um, um, but I mean, his accent can't be as bad as Keanu Reeves and Dracula. <laughs> Just you wait. And again, Robert <laughs> Jane, this is nothing. This is not a dig at you, man. I don't know. You, I don't know if anything. You seem, you, like, top... you, seem, you seem like an awesome dude. <laughs> I don't know, man. Nothing can ever top Keanu Reeves going like, I've seen many strange things already. Bloody wolves chasing me, chasing me through some blue inferno. I've actually never seen Bram Stoker's Dracula. Have but... you never really? Oh, my God. It's one uh... of those movies I've always wanted to because it it looks interesting but the only clips i've seen are fucking so keanu, reeves, so keanu reeves aside it's actually kind of a really tragic it's a good tragedy in the sense that like it follows the brand it follows the bram stoker um the original novel pretty closely or a little uh, it takes some novelties but it follows the at least the original lore a little bit a little closely um they established that dracula in that movie is vlad the impaler himself um oh cool uh yeah because i mean essentially vlad the impaler is supposed to be the inspiration for uh dracula but that's besides the point but yeah um i mean gary oldman gives like an incredible performance and then i mean winona Ryder, even though she's she doesn't have the best accent at least it's better than keanu reeves what? Well, well, I, I heard. I heard she was supposed to be, or she was supposed to play uh, Michael's daughter yeah. in in Godfather Three. Yeah, she, and she she, she, she had, had to drop out commitment. for some reason, and then Sofia Coppola had to come in last minute, and uh, and that's why that movie sucks. <laughs> I've I've never seen it. 
and I, I just, I don't care. <laughs> Maybe there's good elements to it, but I don't know. I just, I don't care. And I heard that uh, they just came out with like a, with like a, a new cut of the movie. Like they put it on Blu-ray and everything. Oh, really? and, I heard, and I heard it's, it's even worse. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> oh shit! That's not good. If Coppola just—I think he was saying like like this is my definitive cut, which it kind of intrigued me at first. Uh, so you, you released a turd. So you released a newer version of a turd, and it's an even bigger turd. That's great. So, so I guess like the comparison I would make is you, uh, you take a shit. And it's it's smelly and gross, but after a while the smell goes away and you forget about it. But then you come back and you decide to take an even nastier shit next to the old shit, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is worse! Why would you do that?" <laughs> That's my analogy. Reminds me of the way Chris Stugman described the very first Fifty Shades of Grey. I don't remember the exact words, but it's like. You can um you can you can film you can you can take a night you can take a film camera you find a pile of rat shit and you film the rat shit and you make it look nice and great it's uh you make it look at as beautiful and as engaging as ever and it great cinematography but it's still rat shit Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, because I I actually remember when that movie came out I was working at a I was working at a movie theater uh, it was like a movie theater restaurant hybrid kind of place. And so uh, when I was running food, I would always catch bits and pieces of uh, of all the new movies. And of course, I kept going in uh, or, or like the way it was always timed when the food would go out is when all the all the sex scenes were going on. And I would hear <laughs> I would hear all these middle aged moms like start to quietly moan. And it was the oh no nasty <laughs> no. shit ever. Oh, oh, oh. fucking gross oh that's fucking gross dude <laughs> uh i don't know how i feel anymore about after this <laughs> um so anyways uh so back to tremors <laughs> yeah well, well i i was just gonna say so um overall um how i feel so for me the budget definitely shows um like they were working with a much smaller budget this time around. It definitely feels more, it feels definitely more of a direct video film in this case compared to Tremors 2. Um, yeah, Tremors 2 that's not to say there are some, they're not, that's not to say there aren't some great moments in there. There's some great uh, one liners. There's some great um, character bits. Uh, when the practicals are practical, they're great. When it's CGI, I just kind of, ugh. You know, um, but Why? then again, that's early CGI, but, but, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's overall for me, I think Tremors three is kind of a mixed bag for me. Yeah, I would, um, uh, so taking the nostalgia out of it and just looking at, uh, looking at the movie as a whole, it's, it's okay. It's uh, it's not downright awful. Uh, it kind of strikes a fair balance of doing just enough positive to make uh, to make the experience worthwhile to where you know you feel like you didn't waste your time while watching it. Uh, but the flaws are still there, and it drags it it drags it down quite a bit compared to the first two movies. Uh, because I mean, 
Charmers one is lightning in a bottle. It's it's a pretty much perfect movie for for the type of movie that it was set out to be. And Charmers two, you know, it's uh, it was not as good as the first movie, but it it's pretty damn close. It's in in terms of straight to video sequels, I would say Charmers two is one of the best out there. And uh, and Charmers three, it uh, it's a step below for sure. But it, uh, uh, like you were saying, when they when they do have the practical effects, it, it looks just fine. But the CGI, the uh, the pretty lackluster pacing, uh, a good ten minutes could have been cut out of this movie entirely, and it definitely would have helped uh, helped out the flow of everything. I mean, not showing the ass blasters until an hour into the movie, I, I think was was a pretty big mistake. And overall. Uh, it shut up computer <laughs> uh, but uh looking at the positives i think uh, jack and jody are are likable enough characters um through uh, seeing the returning characters all coming back and having uh having their own little moments to shine i, I think is great uh bird has some amazing lines and moments in this movie and even though i think uh i think bird has the best lines in tremors too I think he has some of the best moments in uh, in Tremors three for sure. Uh, so so Michael Gross is terrific as always, and he's definitely uh, he he definitely carries this movie to the finish line, and you can tell that he's putting one hundred percent into this character. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, as I like, I said Tremors three overall. A mixed bag, but definitely some good moments in there for sure. There's one, by the way, there's one line that I forgot to mention that I'm surprised you did not bring up. So like when they're talking on the walkie and like, uh, Jack, can I ask you a question? Yeah, Bert. Is your head up your ass for the warmth? Oh my God. I totally forgot to write that down. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, that's Tremors, Tremors 3. Tremors 3. It's, um... If you watched the first two movies, then then yeah, of course, like uh, give the movie a watch, but keep your expectations neutral. You'll, I, I think, you'll find just enough positives to uh, uh, to make the experience worthwhile. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, but if you just try to compare it directly to the first movie, then yeah, you're definitely going to be disappointed. Uh, but overall, I still think it's a it's a pretty fun movie. It's uh, it's def- it's just rough around the edges. Mm. Well, I guess that'll do it for this installment of the show. I want to thank you all for uh, follow. Thank you all for um, listening to the show today. Uh, follow us on all our socials. We did just launch our Instagram page. Yes, and we, did. we just made and we are now not just on Spotify. But we're now on Apple Music. So if you don't have Spotify, but you do have Apple, go ahead and give us a follow there for sure. So in the meantime, though, stick around for the next installment. I haven't I'm not even sure what we're going to do for the next installment. I haven't actually thought about that far ahead yet, but uh, we'll see you then. Uh, otherwise, uh, thanks for listening to Two Nerds Keys in a Podcast. This is Eric. This is Jeff. And uh, stay shiny, people. Have a good one. Next level, next level, next level.